I love the repeated refrain that we heard through our scripture readings of these things took place so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. These things took place so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. It is to those scriptures, to the Old Testament prophecies, specifically to Isaiah chapter 50, that we will turn now and meditate for a little while on one of the servant psalms, one of the servant songs from Isaiah 50. The chapter begins with God speaking through the prophet Isaiah a word of rebuke, a word of judgment to his people. God's people had been sent away, described in pretty scary terms of an unfaithful wife being divorced and sent out. They were sent away into exile into Babylon. They had been spit out of the promised land because of their persistent and willful unfaithfulness. But right after these three verses of judgment, God then turns and delivers a surprising prophecy of promise. Verses 4 through 11 contain the third of four passages in Isaiah called servant songs. And these are descriptions of the coming servant of the Lord, the prophesied Messiah. And it's on part of one verse of this servant song that I'd like to reflect, specifically verse 7, where it says, Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know I shall not be put to shame. That phrase of set my face like a flint It's a Hebrew idiom. It speaks to the determination of this coming Messiah, to his resolve that he possessed down to his very core. Face like a flint, flint being a hard stone that cannot be moved. It shows that his gaze is immovable. His efforts are totally constrained towards a singular goal. He was not to be distracted from his prize. He would not be diverted from his path. And this This verse is specifically picked up in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 51. Luke says, Jesus from that point steadfastly set his face to Jerusalem. He was resolute, unbendable, determined. His face was like flint towards the cross. And the the quality of Jesus' determination is seen in all the ways that he was tested, wasn't it? Consider some of the ways in which he was tested. His resolve was proved. First, he was tested by all the the offers of this world, the best that this world had to offer. Can you imagine the temptation and how great it was to deviate from his calling when the nation of Israel wanted to make him a king? John 6, Jesus fed the 5,000, and the text says they, the crowd, were about to come and take him by force and make him be the king. And so Jesus withdrew. He went again by himself to the mountain. Imagine the strength of that temptation. You knew your path in Jerusalem led to death, and this one leads to a throne. And I'm going to choose the cross. I'm going to stay fixed on it. He did it because his face was like flint. Towards his cross. Likewise, his resolve was also demonstrated through the testing that came by his own friends. Matthew 16, if you will recall, Jesus began teaching the disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. He must suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, and that he must be killed 
And on the third day he would be raised. And Peter pulled him aside and said, far be it from you. This will never happen to you. Peter wanted to turn Jesus' face away. He wanted to distract him. He wanted to point him in another direction. But Jesus was determined. His face was like flint. Thirdly, his resolve was surely tested by the unworthiness of his people. On the night of his betrayal, Judas was dining at the same table. Peter, likewise, betrayed Christ that night three times, denying him. His own disciples left him, abandoned him, fled from him in his hour of greatest suffering. Jesus came to his own people, the Jews. They would not have him. In fact, they demanded that a, that a hardened criminal be released instead of him. Give us not our Messiah, give us Barabbas. And yet his face was still like flint. Lastly, his endurance was also tested through the intensity of his sufferings. Think of them all. The sweating of the drops of blood. The anxiety that he felt in his very human, fully human soul. The lashes he felt on his back, the, the crown of thorns that he wore, carrying the weight of his own execution, his own cross, the thirst, the exhaustion, the pain, the desertion. This, this was the cup that was destined for him. And how easy it would have been to set that cup down and pick up another. How tempting it must have been to have the thought of immediate relief amidst all this suffering. He could immediately lighten his load. He could immediately numb the pain simply by turning his face. But he wouldn't do it. He submitted and instead said, Father, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And he went and he drank the cup, the cup of wrath, down to the dregs. That's the, the magnitude of his resolve, the depth of his determination. And I want us to make explicit the connection between his face and his heart. Spurgeon once said that Though there was much flint in his face, there was no flint in his heart. Christ's resolve, though admirable as it is, is even more glorious when it becomes the measure of his love. You see, it was love that drove him to exercise such determination. His affection set upon both the father and his bride steeled him through the entire tempting ordeal. And yet, how many of us possess that kind of resolve? Would our love for God be enough to sustain us through such tempting, such testing? An honest answer would have to be no. We would bend. We would divert. We would quickly turn our face away from such a path. We'd be like Israel, who in Jeremiah 42 was rebuked not for having their faces pointed towards Jerusalem, but for setting their faces back down towards Egypt. You see, they were gazing upon 
that land that represented the world. It represented oppression. It represented bondage and slavery. And how often are we guilty of fixing our eyes on the things of this world? We long to go back to Egypt, to have those things that offer the false promises of immediate pleasure, the, the false promise of relief that offer the false promise of worldly status and glory. But things that aren't fit for those who call themselves Christians. We long for status and reputation, and so we bow to worldly standards, or we long for pleasure, and so we cast our gaze not on the Lord, but on things that don't belong to us, things we shouldn't have. We long for belonging, and so we turn away from communion with God and instead embrace the arms of this world. In short, we refuse to set our face like flint towards God and instead wag our head to our own shame towards the things of this world. In fact, rather than having a soft heart and a hard face like Jesus, we're like the house of Israel, who is described in Ezekiel 3 as being hard-hearted and hard-headed. We stubbornly choose to gaze at this world, and we lack resolve, we lack determination. We are unwilling to drink the cup that has been set out for us. And so, like the people of Israel in in Jeremiah 42, who turned their eyes towards Egypt, we too will be followed by sword and by fear. You see, we're, we're born under such a curse, and the sword of judgment follows all that turn their face away from God. And that's where the resolve of Christ becomes not merely impressive, but glorious. See, his resolve, his determination to pursue the path ordained for him means that all of God's people can have hope. Because the magnitude of our sin is matched by the magnitude of his resolve and his love. He went to the cross. He endured the pain. He despised the shame. He bore the sword of judgment that each of us had earned for ourselves, turning our gaze towards Egypt and the things of this world. He persevered even though we so often buckle. We're like the the Hebrews who just coming through the Red Sea immediately say, wasn't it so much better back over there in slavery? But he persevered. He remained fixed even though we so often falter. His face was like flint even though we melt like wax. And it is there in his determination as a picture of His love that we find the motivation for ourselves to grow. It is from Christ's sacrifice that we can begin to have strength. You see, when we trust in Christ and we taste of the joy of complete atonement for sin, we can be steeled in our endurance. See, when we come to Christ by faith, we become partakers of His own divine Spirit. We have access to the bottomless well of divine strength. We grow to to the vision of seeing that this world is not our home, that this life is not about our glory, but about God's glory, that, that our mission is to say, not my will, but your will be done. And we're carried by the same Spirit to say that over and over and over again until we reach Christ in glory. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. In fact, when... We're given 
through simple faith, His sustaining grace, we will grow to have our face set like flint, to be aimed towards our goal and to have the endurance to plod after it every day until we can say, just like Christ, it is finished. Our work is done. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. My face has been like flint. That's where we want to be. And what's the key to, access, to accessing this resolve, to possessing Christ-like determination, to have a face like flint? It's simple faith. Humble, childlike faith. It's not super muscles. It's not intellectual prowess. prowess. It's not dominating the Christian life through sheer power of will. Faith is the way. Faith in the determined one. Faith in the one who truly had his face set like flint. Let his resolve enable your resolve. And one way that Christ strengthens us, that emboldens us, that steals our resolve every week is by fixing our gaze like flint, not towards Jerusalem, but back towards him. We have a picture given to the church in His body and His blood at the table. See, Christ died for the ungodly. He shed His blood for sinners. And He reminds us of this gospel every week by preparing a table for us. The bread and the cup are pictures of Christ's work which sustains us. And so if you're trusting in Christ, if you've been baptized and you're a member in good standing of a church that preaches the gospel, then we invite you to join us. But if you haven't yet trusted in Christ, or if you're out of fellowship with a congregation, first go be reconciled, and then join us at the table. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for Christ and his faithful determination to his mission. That he drank the cup that was reserved for him, and he drank it to the end. He left nothing undone. He took the wrath that we deserved and He bore it in our place. And Father, we pray that we would be reminded and encouraged and strengthened that our faith would be made like flint. That we would be resolved, determined, unmovable, unbendable because of Christ and His work. Take these elements before us and use them to build up your church. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Table servants, please come.